Big Fluff. It's said that the West was built on legends, tall tales that help us make sense of things too great or too terrifying to believe. This is the legend of the Ghost Rider. Story goes that every generation has one, some damn soul cursed to ride the earth, collecting on the devil's deals. Many years ago, a ghost rider was sent to the village of San Venganza to fetch a contract worth a thousand evil souls. But that contract was so powerful he knew he could never let the devil get his hands on it. So he did what no rider has ever done before. He outran the devil himself. What's for dinner? Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. Now I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies. And find their silver linings. <laughs> this week, we're watching Ghost Rider. It's the story <laughs> of a man. A man who rides like a ghost. Every once in a while, there's a movie about a ghost rider. <laughs> what if he did the whole show like that? Do you think we could sustain that for an hour? I don't want I, I don't want to try. I'm yeah. going to be real honest. Yeah. But yes, we're doing Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Ghost Rider, the Nicolas Cage 2007 uh, movie. Directed by Mark Steven Johnson, who somehow, after Daredevil, got to direct another superhero movie. I mean, good night, everybody. That's the silver lining, is that somehow he <laughs> talked him into another one. I saw that Robert Rodriguez was considered for this movie, and he got it. So, that yeah, man... Yeah, what... How good is Mark Steven Johnson in the room? <laughs> he must be amazing. <laughs> he must be legendary. <laughs> yeah. It's... Could you imagine... Well, you know, actually, you know what? Because Robert Rodriguez probably wanted to make it R, and they weren't going to do that. He's like, but I made Spy Kids. He's like, yeah, but we saw your treatment. <laughs> yeah, I still I would have loved is just topless the whole movie. I mean, you're just describing them a Ghost Rider movie that I want to watch. So, I mean, an R rated. Yeah, like for sure. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that they were looking for a non R rated version. He could have done it. I'm sure he could. I have no doubt that he could have. And I have no doubt that it would have been good. Yeah, but man, Mark Steven Johnson must be good in the good in the room. He he must be. He also I saw like they ended up doubling the budget of this movie, like what he asked for and what it cost. Yeah, most of it going to Nick Cage. Yeah, as it should. I wonder if you like granted Nick Cage is unbelievably pro prolific as an actor, but like dollars per minute of screen time he's got to be in the running for like he, he he finds a way to get paid yeah 
Yeah, he he definitely. Yeah, he's. I mean, because that's kind of the thing with him is like he, you know, he had a career of making really interesting a lot. Of, and he will do indie movies and stuff or lower budget movies, but increasingly more and more recently, uh, he gets paid. Yeah. And he'll still do a, a pig or another like great movie. But then he'll also do Ghost Rider. Yeah, which I should. This is interesting. So obviously we're continuing Nick Cage month. And I mean, the one thing that we haven't really gotten to focus much on our various, you know, annual Nick Cage months that we do is Nick Cage is a huge comic book nerd. Huge. Like to the point that Cage comes from Luke Cage. Like he picked his last name based on a comic book character. That he had to have a makeup over his Ghost Rider tattoo. Yeah, he literally has a Ghost Rider tattoo that had to be covered up. Like, he lobbied to play this part. Like, he got yes. paid to play Ghost Rider. But let's be clear, he wanted to play Ghost Rider because he loves comic books and he loves the character of Ghost Rider. Right. He also named his son Kal-El. Yeah, he also loves Superman. But that's what's interesting is that the, he had a number, Super Tim Burton Superman being, like, the most infamous, but... He was in the mix for a lot of superhero stuff, but if I, I believe if I'm correct, this was the first superhero movie that actually came together for him that he did. That, that is accurate. Yep. So, and yeah, and he really wanted to do it and I'm sure approached it earnestly. I saw that he did some rewrites on the script for this. Uh, I, I'm sure he wanted this to be good. I don't think that happened, but. <laughs> and he's not the problem. No, no, he's not the problem at all. I would honestly say part of the problem is there's not enough of him in it. Yeah, I, like. It's one of the problems that. I think Marvel is is guilty of a lot of times is that like you don't see enough ghost rider ghost riding. Well, right. I, I mean, so, yeah, I guess let's start here because there's a lot we can talk about with this movie, but let's start with how much Nick Cage is in Ghost Rider because. You know, when he is Ghost Rider, obviously it's a CG head that's on fire, which right. it was going to be. I mean, I, I also saw on the IMDb stuff that I think, I guess they really did a 3D scan of his actual skull. So that's his skull that we're looking at. Yeah, uh, that is that is as a real an adaptation of his skull. Um, And the, like for 2007, the CGI is not bad. It's not. There's times that it doesn't look great. There are but, times that it, like I would say like. The Ghost Rider skull usually looks good. Yeah. Some of the other like composite shots and things like that. That's where it starts to look bad. Yeah. The the skull and the fire around it, I thought consistently looked solid. But like. The like underling villains and some Blackheart stuff, some of that looked a little. Yeah. But yeah. So let's start, so start with that. So like, look, they scanned his skull. It's really his skull. He he says the dialogue is Ghost Rider, but. And I, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll take it on faith that he stood there and probably like put a green, you know, sock over his face or whatever right. and like right. mimicked the lines. But again, so it's a CGI skull. And then they also, you know, he's saying the dialogue, but it was run through a lot of filters to the point that so many filters. Yeah. And I was reading about that, too, with like it's animals. And I don't know. It seems like they went a little crazy with. I think at most probably what you wanted to do is maybe pitch that down a little bit or like 
make it sound a little more booming, but they they seem like they really went all in on what the voice should sound like, but then it doesn't really sound like Nick Cage and it's sort of washed out and incomprehensible. So when he is Ghost Rider, you've lost the fact that it's Nick Cage. And then the other thing that I thought was such a weird choice is the first, and I'm guessing here, but 20 minutes of the movie is a different guy playing the character. And he doesn't really seem anything like Nick Cage, except that you're telling me that he's young Nick Cage. I would say that they had the same haircut. Yeah, he has dark hair and the same haircut as Nick Cage's And the hair same, piece. like, bad cowlick. And they both have blue eyes. And that's about where the similarities end. Well, and the hair shouldn't really count because Nick Cage is wearing a hair piece in this. So, like, yes. anyone could have had the hair. You just needed to make two of them. And oh, no. I'm, I'm not saying it's a good choice or accurate because guess what? People change their haircut sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but not when they have trauma. <laughs> No, that's that's the one true fact about trauma is that whatever haircut you have when you have the trauma, that's the haircut you keep for the rest of your life. But yeah, both him and Eva Mendez, the young versions of them are pretty terrible, honestly. I, I would make the argument that I could see the young version of Eva Mendez growing up to be Eva Mendez. She was more closer. Than I could see the, yeah. More than I could see the young version of Nick Cage growing up to be Nick Cage. However, I would say that the actor playing uh, Nick Cage did a better job of acting than the actor playing young Eva Mendes. I would agree. With, I think that, yeah, I think you perfectly summed that up. It's like, it just, she looks closer, but... He acted closer. Well, I don't even know that he acted closer. I think he just acted better. Acted better, yeah. yeah. Better is probably a more accurate way to do it. But, yeah, I, I just, I think it's conceptually a mistake to do that to spend so much time in the beginning with these two actors that are not nick cage and eva mendez and i also one i think they're not convincing two i think it bogs down the story by starting there and three i think they really missed out on i mean you and i opened this show with playing the clip and then imitating it of like you had sam elliott who can do voiceover why not have him voice over the backstory of Nick Cage and Eva Mendez because everything he says doesn't matter really i mean it's the plot but who cares like it's no, that that prologue has literally nothing to do with the plot of the movie yeah and i think if he had come on and explained the backstory of young was it Johnny Blaze yeah um you know that we could have had that and you could have animated that or, you know, done like CGI with that or something. Or just done, use the same actors, but just done it in voiceover. Just th- there's a lot of things they could have done. Oh, you mean not have I mean, the actors talk? Well, like not have the actors talk, just have the actors like, you know, just scenes, just soundtrack and actors, you know, m- performing and. The voiceover, sometimes there's a ghost rider. Yeah, I, you're right that they probably would have been more convincing if they didn't speak, uh, probably. But yeah, I, anyway, there's a lot of things they could have done. Obviously, this was before Marvel really went all in on that. A weird year before. 
Well, but I'm seeing that weird CGI that they do like in Civil War where they put, uh, you know, they do that Robert Downey Jr. They DH, yeah. Yeah. They did it with Michael Douglas in the Ant-Man. They, they, they do that and now. Sam Jackson and Miss Marvel or uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Where they it's like deep faking the people to make them look younger. It's or as we should call it the technology. It's the Irishman because that's the movie that did it the best. And that it was definitely great that it did it. The Irishman. Yeah, the, yeah, the Irishman it now. Yeah. So the Irishman it. But they didn't then. And so, yeah, we get these other actors. But so they take up a lot of screen time. CGI's Flaming Skull takes up a lot of screen time, which means there's not enough just Nick Cage, Nick Caging. No. And I get the instinct to have Ghostwriter have like this otherworldly sinister voice. But I think it'd be more unnerving if it was just Nick Cage's voice unprocessed. One hundred percent. I would have had it be Nick Cage's voice unprocessed and even tell him, like, you're doing the voice for Ghost Rider. Just do it however you want to do it. And whatever he does, just That's use the takes that. we use those. Yeah. Are, and we'll still have the because you like Ghost Rider is a badass looking character with the flaming skull like it is just straight metal like all the way mm-hmm. uh so you do it as much as possible but then if it's nick cage talking at least it's still nick cage yeah yeah i think that would have been or great if you're gonna do the processing maybe just when he does the penance stare he goes into the processed voice maybe yeah but no maybe i'm, I'm with you I, i'm all i'm all for like i'm a ghost rider <laughs> i'm looking into your skull i see your bad stuff all the bad things you did <laughs> to all your friends and family you're going to hell you're gonna experience them right now <laughs> and your eyes are gonna look like charcoal yeah who's that sulfur haven't you yeah. read the old testament hellfire and brimstone <laughs> it's gotta be kane <laughs> i mean yeah you, yeah you definitely jr'd by the end but <laughs> um now i want nicholas cage to star in a jim ross biopic oh yes yeah slobber knocker the jim ross story starring, <laughs> nicholas starring cage. nick cage oh man we get nick cage in a toga at that one wrestlemania we get uh nick cage <laughs> being slapped in the face by an actor playing mankind in that sit down <laughs> interview <laughs> We oh and obviously so man this ties in some things so we've talked about the fact that Christopher McDonald is obviously perfect casting for Vince McMahon so at some point Christopher McDonald's Vince McMahon makes Nicholas Cage's Jim Ross kiss his kiss ass, his ass. <laughs> in the middle of the ring so here for it yeah yeah so yeah we're making a Jim Ross biopic so uh, Jr's uh hit us up. We will have a treatment ready by Monday. Um, as God is my witness, he's broken in half. By God, they've killed him. They've killed him. I want that so bad. There's nothing I want more in this world right now than a Jim Ross biopic starring Nicolas Cage as good old JR. I think here's the tough question that we have to decide, though, is who plays Jerry the King Lawler? So if it was 10 years ago, I think it's Jim Carrey, because I think that's just funny to me. Well, yeah, because then you have the symmetry of now he's played Andy Kaufman and Jerry and Jim and Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's the thing is, because if you're going to have a JR movie, you got to have you have to have the actor playing uh, the king. Yeah, it's definitely an important part. That's, you know, Danny DeVito. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, or even better, Chris Walken as the king. Uh, I, I see puppies. They're just they're there, puppies. <laughs> just okay. so many puppies. <laughs> but no one explains to Walken what that means when he says no. it. Yeah. No, not not once. Is this guy some kind of like dog fanatic? I just <laughs> I don't understand the character. <laughs> Okay, it's too so, much. Okay, so yeah, so Slobberknocker is happening. As I think we figured out that you need five million dollars to get Nick Cage. Yes. So that's so a starting we need point. ten million dollars to make this movie. Yeah. So once you pay for our uh, catching Nick Cage Kickstarter, or no, it was just a weekend with Nick Cage. That was the Kickstarter, so just for us to spend a weekend with Nick Cage. Well, we we claimed that we were doing a movie, but I think it. If you listened to last week's show, it became clear that we just wanted to hang out with Nick Cage and possibly allow him to imply that he is our father, uh, right? For both of us, but uh, yeah, he, um, yeah, basically, it's we would film a movie, but yeah, but sure, mo- why not? Most, well, because also we we promised Grillo a part. As well. Oh, that's right. That that Frank Grillo would be have a role in our in our Nick Cage pick. <laughs> that was two weeks ago, by the way, not last right. week. So right, last week was when we came up with catching Nick Cage. Yeah, which was the way that you get Nick Cage to star in a movie is that you uh, beat him in a game of wits. <laughs> yes, yes. But now this is a different project. Our our this goal is to someday have a Nick Cage month of movies that we made starring Nick Cage, and I think we're because getting they're going to be objectively terrible. <laughs> Yeah, everyone will hate them and they'll be maligned, but I hopefully they'll have a cult following, I think. I have a feeling that Slobberknocker would be right up there with Ready to Rumble in the wrestling movie annals. I think we could do better than Ready to Rumble. Well, I'm sure we could do better than Ready to Rumble. And we wouldn't need a uh, Davenport copyright poop pass for this. No. Yeah. We'd take one. Yeah, I mean, there's a fair amount of like poop stuff that happened in the WWE that we could incorporate. Didn't they dump poop on Vince McMahon? Or it's uh, he, they, there was the hog pen matches. There was yeah, so many things. So we could definitely get poop in there. Yeah, but well, I don't think we need it. I think I think this could be an Oscar contender. I think that Nick Cage in the Jim Ross story, gold. Yeah, no, I think it's really good. You have the struggle with Bell's palsy, so you have like the. Uh, He's had some personal you know, tragedy. I mean, there's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Obviously, like, you know, the fact that even though he's the greatest announcer of all time uh, in the history of wrestling, the fact that Vince McMahon cast him aside and, you know, hired younger, less talented people to take over for him. He's now in AEW. I mean, Jim Ross is doing fine, but, yeah, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, rejection that I think Jim Ross has faced. You know, he never really got the his boss never really recognized everything. Didn't that give he him did. the credit he deserved, despite relying on him for getting yeah, being the talent voice relations. of the attitude era. Well, and, and talent. talent relations. Yeah. yeah, he did a lot behind the scenes too. But that's you'll find all that out when we do Slobberknocker, and that's not what we're here to right. talk about because we're here to talk about Ghost Rider. How great would it be, by the way, if he had a Jim Ross tattoo that he had to cover up to film Slobberknocker? <laughs> In in my in my head canon, he does. Yeah, I think he does. That's Ghost Rider on one chest, uh, one pack, and then Jim Ross on the other pack. <laughs> and it's Jim Ross saying, through hellfire and brimstone, that's gotta be Ghost Rider. It's Johnny Blaze. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, anyways. Um 
Yeah. So then, so Ghost Rider is a movie and. Uh, okay. So look, we talked about there's not enough Nick Cage. I think one of the other things to malign about this movie is the villain is not good and the like plot is not good. Like the actual thing that the villain is trying to do is not terribly interesting. No, like it leads to an interesting climax, I think, and like a sort of a, a twistish ending. But there's an interesting idea in there, but the actual guy doesn't really make a lot of sense. He's just I'm bad and I'm here and I'm going around sucking up souls. Collecting souls. Yeah, which it seems like what everyone's doing. They're all collecting yeah. souls. Everyone's collecting soul. Who who hasn't collected a soul or two in their day? Yeah, you, that's just standard. Look, look, when you go around to various motorcycle shows, you find an old man who's dying and you trick a his chain kid. Smoking, chain smoking uh, old stunt man that's, you know, yeah, you set up a perfect Faustian bargain. Yeah, and then you trick him. Also, look, man, that's a whole other thing. Is this guy Mephisto or is he the devil? Because the movie can't seem to decide who Peter Fonda is playing. They seem to call him the devil, but that's not the same thing. They also call him Mephistopheles, and yeah. that's also heavily believed to be Mephisto, who is a devil in the Marvel Universe. But that's the thing. He's not like the devil. He's not like Lucifer, you know? No, he's not the fallen angel. He's not. He is. He's just a different a demon. Like, he, demon character who does collect souls. And that's who I believe the Ghost Rider thing comes from is Mephisto, not. Uh, it, yeah. And Mistopheles is from the that's Faust, Faust, right? Like that's yes. the, the actual like that's the name of the demon that Faust makes his bargain with this Mephistopheles. Yeah. Not to be confused with any of the characters in Cats. No, not to be confused with magical Mr. Mistopheles. That's a different character who does steal that, souls, but yes, but cat souls. That's just because that's what cats do is they steal souls. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, so he shows up and he <laughs> does, I mean, look, we all know the deal with the devil. Obviously, that means, you know, like a false. It's, it's not what it says. When you make a deal with the devil, you're not getting what you think you're getting. Right. And I think. Yes, he he did make he did. His dad didn't die of cancer. It's true. But then he died in an accident like the next day, the next day, which is pretty. I mean, I do love that we get his dad being like, hey, hey, buddy, I feel great. Didn't tell you I was dying, but I'm not dying anymore. I went to the doctor today. They said I'm super not dying. So anyway, I've I've got a clean bill of health. Can I go ride my motorcycle? Real dangerous motorcycle stunt. Yeah, no, that I enjoyed that. That's we haven't gotten to silver linings yet, but I enjoyed his his death. Uh, But yeah, so we we get all of that. I did like the the signing in blood was that was a nice touch. Yeah, it was well done. Yeah, because if you're going to sign a contract with the devil, you're going to sign it in blood. That just goes without saying. Yeah, because the devil doesn't carry pens. Right. Famously doesn't carry pens. Yeah, he doesn't and you're not going to sign a contract in pencil because that can be erased. Yeah, yeah. So it has to be permanent. Also, by the way, if you want the greatest example, and I'm including Faust in this apologies uh, to the dead, but uh, the greatest example of uh, deal with the devil is the Futurama episode. <laughs> Uh, the I think it's called the Devil's Plaything or Idle Hands. It's the one where with uh, the holophone, yeah, with the holophone where Fry is writing the opera for Leela, and he makes the deal with the robot devil to, to get the robot devil's hand. They trade hands. Yeah, that episode is perfect. So yes, if you need if you need to deal with the devil story, that would be. Oh, I was gonna go with uh, Treehouse of Horror four. I think it is where Homer sells his soul for a donut. 
Yeah, and it Flanders is the devil. And I mean, that one's great for the trial at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so that does have one of my favorite Lionel Hutz moments, you know, which is <laughs> which is unbreakable. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Anyways, back to Ghost Rider. Uh kicking it up to the digression. I think we've hit our episode and we're barely through recapping the movie. Yeah, but I mean, I think we so yeah, so he makes the deal uh to save his dad, but then his dad dies. And then I, I was a little a, a fun. long time later. He becomes the Ghost Rider. Thank you. That is exactly what I was getting at, is that he becomes a different person. He's not that actor playing young Johnny Blaze. He's now Nick Cage. Uh, he's now friends with Donald Logue. He uh, listens to the Carpenters and watches cartoons and does. He's cr- living his best life is what we're trying to say. Yeah. And he a, like martini glass full of jelly beans or whatever that he had. Like when he was watching his cartoons. An eight-year-old's version of celebrity lifestyle. I mean, I guess if we don't really know, his mom wasn't in the picture, but I guess if your dad dies when you're pretty young, I guess you just stay in arrested development. He never really grew up. Yeah, so he's still watching like really old cartoons, too. Yeah, very like vintage early Disney skeleton. And like weird chimp outtake videos. Look, I I'm totally on his side that if I was watching those chimp outtakes oh, and Donald yeah. came in and turned them off and tried to talk to me, I'd be like, what are you doing? On three separate occasions, Donald Logue has changed the channel on me and each time I've been very upset with him. Yeah, the last time he did it to me, he was grounded for life. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> The last time he did it with me, I pulled out a blade. Wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, Gotham. Yeah. But that, that, <laughs> thank you. That is a weird side note, too, that there's a number of actors in this movie who were in other Marvel movies, like, you know, in your Incredible Hawks or your Blades, who were just re. This is before we had an MCU, so they were just recycling. Right. The same actors. Yeah. That's the thing, because Sam Elliott was Thunderbolt Ross and mm-hmm. Donald Logue was in Blade. And yeah, he was great in Blade. Might be oh, my really? favorite Donald Logue role. Yeah, probably. That or uh, Jimmy the Cab Driver from those MTV ads. Those were good, too. That's true. That's in those are in the conversation. Well, also, I mean, look, OK, fine. If we're going to debate Donald Logue roles, Terrier is, is a criminally underrated show oh, that he was phenomenal I, I, in. You <laughs> so, have always sung the praises of Terriers. Yeah, it, nobody watched it. It was on Hulu before Hulu was known for being having all the great shows. And it Wasn't was it on mi- FX. Or, well, that's what I meant. I was saying Hulu, but I because FX on Hulu, but it was on FX. Right. Uh, which means you could watch it on Hulu now, but it was before right. FX was known for just having nothing but bangers. And right. also the marketing was terrible for it because they marketing had a bunch of dogs, but it was a it was a like modern day detective noir story. So they didn't really yeah. sell what it was. I mean, it's it was a tough sell because it's like hard to pin down. Like there isn't there isn't a log line that like really drives home what the show is. Yeah, but it was good because it was like it was really yeah modern day Raymond Chandler TV show. Yep. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that was in the running, but yeah, those cab driver bits were good too. Yeah. So Ghost Rider, Ghost Riders, not enough. 
Oh, and yeah, so what we were saying is so his dad dies. And then I think like a good 20 years go by before, uh, you know, Peter Fonda is pretty busy. He kind of forgot that he had a ghost rider. And then right. like one day I get it. Like I've had a ghost rider before. And now like you forget about it. You think you're going to use your ghost rider all the time. But then you're like, eh, I mean, does he really need to be ghost riding right now? Like, meh. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes like I could ghost ride. But I'm not gonna. Yeah, it's a lot easier to just sit around your house, watch some TV, you know. Right. Because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tap the Ghost Rider to catch my son who's trying to swallow all the souls of the world. Yeah. I also, by the way, so I know that, that Peter Fonda was cast. It was sort of gimmicky casting because he had been an easy rider. But then he doesn't really do motorcycle stuff. So, I mean, like, I get that he's adjacent but doesn't if you're going to cash in on Easy Rider, shouldn't he be on a motorcycle at some point? One would think. Yeah. But he just kind of shows up in two scenes. Yeah. And he or three scenes, I guess. And look, nothing but respect for him. But oh, Peter Fonda's he's, you know, he's in, in the Hall movie. of Fame. Oh, he is. I'm a, I, I don't even know if he showed up. Yeah, he's coasting through these scenes. Like. He might have done this at his house. I don't think like, he yeah. knows that he did it. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I have a, I have a black duster I can put on. Sure. I think Play he showed on it. He showed up to see if he was interested in doing the movie. And, and they just secretly rolled cameras on him going over the lines to see if he yeah, wanted they just to had him read some sides and then used they're, it. They're like, it's a camera test. And then they just used that in the movie. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. Uh, but yeah. So he becomes a ghostwriter. Uh, Peter Fonda's son is, um, you know, he's Blackheart. Blackheart. He's, he's he's going around and he's doing what he's got a posse and they're they're sucking up souls. He's got a, a posse. Of, he's got like an airbender, a waterbender and an earthbender. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, so they they battle him in Ghost Rider and. At first, the ghost rider's ghost riding doesn't really work on him because he doesn't have a soul, but then he shoves him full of souls. And then uses the, the, soul, the soul stare and wins. Which, was Which I like that as a finish. It's a great finish. I actually think this is probably, I mean, unless you have anything else you really want to hit, like we could probably pivot on that. Yeah, I mean, this movie's dumb and silly. It's Yeah, it's dumb and silly, and some parts of it are better than others in quality but and it, it, it's dumb and silly you can make a dumb silly super movie superhero movie that's great yeah. like the guardians of the galaxy movies <laughs> yeah well it's not that's the thing it's not like silly it's not intentionally silly it's not no. trying to be silly like guardians of the galaxy it's just some very silly things happen that you get the sense that they think are serious like yeah. daredevil that he made right um, I guess the only thing I don't know, this is, might be in that liminal space, uh, but this movie does give a subtle treatise on celebrity privilege where yeah. the, the, the cops don't want to let the world know about all the bad things that Johnny Blaze may or may not be doing, you know, to protect him. Which feels ridiculous. Even in 2007, the idea that he is in a cell and it's being kept under wraps seems right. unrealistic seems to me. <laughs> Because TMZ existed in 2007. Yeah, like that's leaking out for sure that he was called in for questioning and then 
locked up like someone the, reports the guy that. playing good cop was taking cell phone video and posting it to tmz 100 percent that happened that eva mendez's cameraman was secretly uploading all the stuff he shot yeah by the way good on you cameraman i want to give a shout out because now if we are officially in the silver yeah, lining let's pivot let's 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 make the full pivot let's give a silver lining to the cameraman slash driver who is not wowed by celebrity Johnny Blaze, who tries to get him to pull over, and is like, "No, no, I'm taking my cues from Eva Mendez. If she wants me to stop, I'll stop. But I'm not stopping because you tell me to stop." And I just want to go on record to say that I love Nicolas Cage. I'm a fan, but if it's a choice between following his orders or Eva Mendez's orders, I'm following Eva Mendez. Yeah, 100%. If I'm driving Eva Mendez around and Nick Cage shows up on a motorcycle and tries to get me to pull over, if she doesn't want me to, it's not happening. No. I don't care what crazy stunts uh, he does off camera and then rolls back into frame. Yeah. We're going to continue to drive to, I assume, the Bob Baker Marionette Theater where she spends some time in real life. That's... She's a big fan. She was raising money for it. So, like, I'm assuming yeah. we're going there. We're going to see a puppet show or something, and we're yeah, going to keep going not, there. I mean, yeah. Who doesn't love a good puppet show with Eva Mendez? If I, I could, if I could think of like the top five things I'd like to do uh, hanging out with Eva Mendez, puppet shows on the list for sure. Well, what's great is if you so if you do a Bob Baker marionette theater uh, showing with Eva Mendez, I would recommend you and Eva Mendez then walking down to Joy on York and getting the thousand layer pancake because that's delicious too and that's it's yeah. really it's like a little bit of a walk but like you can totally do it and then but you know what you're eating the pancakes so you want to get a little bit of cardio and you want to get a little exercise if you're and, gonna carbo load like that afterwards and it's a nice it's a good area it's a good like walking area so like, yeah. that, that would that's a fun day that i would recommend so next time even and i hang out that's what we're gonna do yeah. is we're gonna take in a puppet show at bob's marionette theater and then uh we're gonna get the thousand layer pancake mm -hmm. yeah Joanne York. There there you go. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Uh so and also Gosling, if you're listening. Like Yeah, you know, Gosling can come too. I love the Goss. I'm all yeah. about the Goss. I was just saying too, like if he's hanging out with her and he's like looking for a date night. Right. If you need something to do if things are getting a little uh stale, you just need to change up the pace a little bit. Take your kids, go to the puppet show. Thousand you know who loves thousand layer pancakes is kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. I get it with the egg so, and cheese, if you're curious. That that would be the way I recommend it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so the van driver, uh, silver lining. Uh, for for I, sticking by his employer. For sticking by his employer. And we already kind of said it, but just to restate it, Donald Logue, for sure, always a silver lining and everything. Yeah. Uh, bummed that he had to bite it. So like, like he didn't go out very tough. Like he just kind of got erased quickly. And that was a bummer. Yeah. He's a little underused in this movie. And right. You got Donald Logue. You want to you want to play it up a little bit yeah i think there was more potential for him to be the john c Riley to to nick cage's will ferrell in talladega nights you yeah know? he could have played up that friendship a little bit more because he also does get stuck being like a wet blanket for a fair amount of the movie right. because like it is one of the better exchanges where he's like all right well think about the cars just don't do the cars for one of the big jumps he's like all right i'll think about the cars and he gets rid of the cars. And then does helicopters. And then does helicopters. Yeah, which is way more dangerous because he's jumping over the blades like as they're. Right. And the blades were rotating, I believe, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, love the Donald Logue. I mean, 
Eva Mendez, Nick Cage. The cast is great, to be clear. Yes. Yeah. Love the cast. Uh, Sam Elliott, always value added to everything yes. that he's in. Love the shot of the two Ghost Riders riding off to that final battle. That's something I have to malign because, man, it, what a waste. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because not this shot. The shot's great. But yes, the what a waste of teasing the idea that Sam Elliott is also a ghostwriter and then doing nothing with it. Then he's like, I, I, I only had one more chance to change. I just did That's it. it. I did it for this one shot that would be really cool for the trailer. Right. <laughs> um, I think this fits in, in a silver lining, but. I'm going to assume that Sam Elliott himself has made some sort of Faustian bargain with some facial hair demon because his mustache is epic. And I think that the trade off for having such an epic mustache is that hair grows over his entire face. <laughs> I mean, look, you're like, yeah, you you know, if you're going to have that mustache, it comes with a great price, I think. Yeah, because like he has a lot of stubble, but like the stubble literally goes up to his lower eyelids. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Which is why he just usually has the mustache. Right. Because he, he has to keep the rest of it at bay. But if he tries to save it all off, it'll rebel against his face. Also, and it'll be chaos. He is one of those guys. It's like him and Tom Selleck are the two guys who need a mustache. It's like mm -hmm. upsetting if they don't have them. I've seen both of them without a mustache and I don't like it. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. There I mean, are other guys that are famously mustachioed. Like Nick Offerman can can he looks weird without a mustache, but it's not as unsettling. Yeah, he can pull it. He can pull off not a mustache, depending on the part. Like, um, you know, he can go full beard and it's OK. Sam Elliott can do full beard. Yeah. But Tom Selleck with anything but a mustache is is not OK. Yeah. And also stop trying to sell me reverse mortgages, Tom Selleck. I've bought seven. I don't have a house, so I don't even know how that would work. And it's weird that you bought five. Yeah, I keep signing up for him because I'm like, well, Tom Selleck wants me to have one. So if, if Magnum P.I. wants me to get a reverse mortgage, I'm going to get a reverse mortgage. Yeah. And I, it's weird. And if you read the fine print on those commercials, the money goes to him directly. Yeah. I, I was wondering why it's just his Venmo is the number. I don't know why. It seems like he'd be OK financially, but. I mean, yeah, like I'm sure just residuals from Magnum P.I. alone would probably be enough for him. He was on Friends for like a decent run. Yeah, he had, he had a run on Friends. You know, he's. Didn't he have one of those that Blue Bloods show? Thank you. That's exactly. I was like, I knew he had some cop show. Yeah. Where it was like there were a bunch of cops that were related to Hunter Hearst Helmsley, right? Yes. Yeah. They're the Blue Bloods. Yeah. And it was it was a cop show that took place in Greenwich, Connecticut. Right. They were all the blue bloods. They were all rich crimes. Yeah. It was just oh, like you cast Tom Selleck as Ted Turner in the Jim Ross biopic. Love it. I love it. Why not? I don't think it's I don't think it. I think it's more stunt casting. So I don't know that he'd necessarily make a good Ted Turner, but I want to see it. I want to see it. Also, can we get Hemsworth for Hulk Hogan? Because like, I feel like I heard about that 10 years ago that Chris Hemsworth was yeah, supposed to play Hulk the Hogan. There's the rumor that that's happening that that Hemsworth is playing the Hulk, sir. But then nothing came of it. So, like, I don't know what happened with that movie. So can we just have him? I feel like we could do yeah. better, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do him justice for even, sure. Even I don't know how much crossover there is with Jim Ross and Hulk Hogan. I don't think they have a ton together. Nah, not too much. Tony Schiavone has more. So we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll you know, we'll 
do Ryan Gosling in the Tony Schiavone story afterwards. See, I was just thinking like a Labrador retriever plays Tony Schiavone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. John C. Riley is Tony Schiavone. Oh, my God. Riley. Yeah. John C. Riley would be a great. I feel like can we reunite John C. Riley and Will Ferrell to be the WCW announced team? <laughs> To be because Will Ferrell famously played Don West in a few SNL sketches. Yeah. So you can be Don West and Tony Schiavone. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> and then a broom as Mike Tanay. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Nailed but. it. Um, no. Uh, anyways, back to Ghost Rider. Uh, I would say that. I liked the I liked the end sequence to this movie, even though it's dumb and bad, like the movie's dumb and bad. But I liked the idea of the souls. I thought that was a good solution. And I I like I'd say I liked more of the end than I didn't. But there's also some weird choices in the end, too. If Blackheart was made to seem like more of a threat, I think it would have done better. Yeah, I think that's the problem is just Blackheart as a character is a mess, like because he's not very like he's just evil, but in a unclear, vague way. And like has no beef with Nick Cage, right? Nick Cage has no beef with him. There's nothing. There's no personal stakes. And I guess he like he does keep to kidnap Eva Mendez. So it becomes a, a silly damsel in distress plot. But up until that point. See, but I think like you could have actually gone the other way and it could have been more interesting if he was kind of trying to go to Nick Cage and be like, hey, you don't have any beef with me. Like, I know that Peter Fonda is sending you after me, but like, he's the one who did this to you. Like, you should team up with me and we should take him down. Like, I feel like that would have been a better way to go. Right, because the actual like personal conflict in this movie is between Peter Fonda and Wes Bentley. Yeah. And then it was like, I didn't. Did you understand the actual end at all? I know he pivoted, but where Peter Fonda then comes to him and he's like, you know what? You did it. And I know that I'm maybe the actual devil or at least a demon. And it's kind of unclear exactly what my thing is. But you ghost read, you ghost rode hard and you don't have to ghost ride no more. You can go be with Eva Mendez. I'm going to release you from this deal. And he's like, nah, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep ghost riding. And it was like, what? (laughs) I felt like that was really weird. One, the devil would just release you from the curse, not give you a choice. Right. Yeah. And two, like Nick Cage seemed to not enjoy ghost riding. Well, right. That was my thing is like, when did he pivot? Like, when? what changed? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I while we're, you know, trying to think of things, I did like the prison scene. I want to give a shout out. To I did the, too. Yeah, that was a good scene. That was a good sequence. Yeah. Um, almost felt like there. I couldn't tell if there was like that was intentional commentary. The fact that there was one black prisoner who was judged to not have done a crime. I felt like that was intentional, but it didn't really hit that too hard with what it was going for there. No, but that was a little weird. It was weird. It was like, I feel like you're trying to imply that this kid was like wrongfully imprisoned, but you're not quite being willing to commit to the bit. Yeah. But the actual just him judging all the prisoners and then melting the bars and escaping was pretty great. The helicopter fight was cool. Helicopter fight was cool. The helicopter he jump. 
The helicopter jump was cool where he jumped over yeah. the yeah. There's some good evil Knieveling in this movie. Yeah, there's quality Knieveling. Yeah, I liked his dad too. I can't remember that actor's name, but I like that guy. The character Barton Blaze, but yeah, that actor, he's a very much a that guy actor and he was he was good. Yeah. I also by the way, like this is just a look, we've been really focused this entire time and I'd hate to get us off on our first tangent, but I, what like there's a Johnny Blaze and a Johnny Storm in Marvel, and they both, in various incarnations, drive motorcycles and do stunts. And change into fire. And have fire. Yeah, I thought that was really a lot of crossover on those Venn diagrams. They might want to reassess that. Yeah, they might want to take a look. Johnny Blaze and Johnny Storm. They, they might be too similar. Also, Johnny Blaze feels like it should be the name of the Human Torch. Right. Because maybe they felt Johnny Blaze was a little too on the nose. Yeah. But yeah, because he could. So here's what I proposed. Human Torch, Johnny Blaze. Uh, Ghost Rider, just call him like Johnny Skeleton. <laughs> Johnny Bones. Johnny, Johnny Bones. Bones. Yeah. Johnny Bones. And his dad, Barton Bones. Barton Bones is. Barton Bones is like, that is a name of a guy losing to Razor Ramon on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Barton Bones, who's 0 and 80, but if you need your debuting superstar to get an impressive win and the Brooklyn Brawler is unavailable, you call. If you can't get Tom Stone, you're getting Barton Bones. <laughs> Who was the guy that used to pat himself on the back? Barry Horowitz. Yeah, if you can't, if Horowitz is unavailable. <laughs> yeah. Then you get Barton Bones. Barton Bones is an all time great jobber name. Yeah, write that one down for uh, for us. Like, yeah, we'll use that at some point. Put that in the we'll script file. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep that keep that close at hand. If we need to have uh, Jim Ross calling a jobber match, it'll the the jobber will be Barton Bones. God, my witness, it. he's killed Barton Bones. <laughs> Someone stop the damn match. <laughs> Barton Bones is going to be taken to a local medical facility. <laughs> No championship opportunity for Barton Bones. <laughs> that's a callback to a joke that we did before the show started, but that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. You guys were listening. <laughs> you guys know what's up. If you ever yeah, have any you questions, gotta... just hit us up. We'll we'll fill you in. We'll, we'll let you in. We'll let you in on these inside jokes. Um, now this is uh, I, I wish for Nick Cage's sake that he got to be in a better Ghost Rider movie. Yeah, I I think that's a question. Did Nick Cage, has he had a great superhero role? I guess you could say Spider-Verse was probably. I would argue Big Daddy and Kick-Ass. Yeah, yeah, he did Kick-Ass as well. So I think everything that wasn't Ghost Rider worked out pretty well. Because like the scene, like his death scene in Kick-Ass is awesome. It is. Yeah, he is really good in that movie. He's he's like, I I really love that movie. Um, Probably right on the line of whether or not it could be for this podcast or not. But um. It's probably too probably good. We'd, we'd have to do kick-ass. We'd have to do kick-ass two, which doesn't have Nick Cage, and, and that's probably good. why we'd be able to do kick-ass two. Yeah, and it's not good. Um, but him like calling out the moves to Hit Girl at the end of, uh, at the end of his run in that movie is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, he's a great, uh, you know, film noir Spider-Man. That he is great as Spider-Man noir. Who can't figure out the. <laughs> Because he Rubik's sees everything cube. in black and white. Yeah, you can't figure out the Rubik's cube. That movie's great. If you haven't seen Spider Verse, watch that. Go see Spider Verse. Let's let's. I mean, if we don't, I don't think we need to sing the praises of that classic at all. But 
because we're here talking about Ghost Rider, kind of. We've been very, what are you talking about? Kind of. We've very much talked about Ghost Rider the whole time. Look, we are as focused in our discussion of Ghost Rider as the movie Easy Rider is focused as a narrative. So that's fair. <laughs> but we're on way less drugs, so we don't have the excuse. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I um, am rolling, baby. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm straight as means I'm better than you. Yeah. Yeah, we're two we're two little CM punks here. Yeah. Doing this show, except we're not getting into backstage brawls. Speak for yourself, pal. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Um Yeah, like this is this movie is also in that weird like middle ground space between Spider-Man and X-Men and the MCU. When that like it, like it, I was thinking when I was watching it, like this movie like makes the superhero tropes that don't even exist yet feel tired. Yeah. And it's weird because this, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, well, this was 2007, right? So this was like right before they figured out how to make good movies. This yeah. Literally, literally the year before. Yeah. It was they the, were making a good movie while this movie was in theaters. That is wild to think about that. Yeah. That this is a year before Iron Man. So look, the real silver lining is that, Within a year of the release of this movie, they were going to figure it out. The code. That they got it. Yeah. Unequivocally. Just have John Favreau, RDJ, and no script, and you'll make a better superhero movie. Apparently, that was the key. Like, who knew? It wasn't Mark Steven Johnson and Nick Cage. But man, that pitch. He, God, how good was his pitch for this movie? Do you think, like, like what, what, what was the pitch? He was like... Did he draw like a dollar sign like uh, James Cameron did? Was the S in Ghost Rider just a dollar sign? <laughs> With flames coming off of it. <laughs> did he find currency that looked like each letter of Ghost Rider and just wrote it on the board like that? I With think like he, the R, like the Rand symbol. And you know what? He did a Tim Robinson and he just was like, the bones are their money. <laughs> and that was it. The rest is history. <laughs> he just screamed tables. Which uh, Nick Cage will do in our Slobberknocker movies. Tables! Tables! Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hi, everyone. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Stephanie Smarr. And this is Stephanie Knows Some Shit, where every week we are going to tap into Stephanie's brain and share with you some of the insight that she has about cooking, shopping, Top Chef, all of the things that you want to know. Yeah, we're going to tell some stories, enjoy some time together, and really dive into the things that you might be afraid to Google. We might have the answer. I actually, I'm pretty confident we do. We do.